Blog Talk Radio. Why this is kind of important, uh, some people don't quite understand this. 
when you're a top eight national seed, you're pretty much a locked in um, for home field advantage throughout the regional and super regional play on the College World Series. You do not play one of the other top eight national seeds unless you make it to Omaha. That's somewhat of a significance, especially if you are a, a, have a good crowd, a good host school, and really have a really home field advantage. It plays hugely in your favor. So the top eight national seeds are all hosting regionals. You know, UCLA is the number one overall seed, followed by LSU, Louisville, Florida's number four, Miami's number five. The Big Ten does get Illinois in at number six, TCU is number seven, and Missouri State is number eight. So as we span across the country, we'll start with the top national seed, that's UCLA, how their regional is looking up. Well, they're in a regional with uh, Cal State Bakersfield, themselves, Maryland, and Mississippi. They won on Friday, beat Bakersfield up pretty bad, 17-2. Played Maryland yesterday. That was the other winner of the Maryland-Mississippi game. Maryland wins that game against UCLA 4-1. to So Maryland's on the inside track of this regional to win out. Now they have to win one more game, and making the regional final is a big, big, huge thing because now UCLA has to play Cal State Bakersfield today in an elimination game, and now must beat Maryland twice to win that regional. I like Maryland. They were a super regional team last year, and that would be a biggest upset of the weekend to have the number one overall seed lose and lose in their own regional. We are keeping our eyes very closely on that. That game for the regional championship will be underway this evening at 11 o'clock on ESPNU be watching that very closely to see how that plays out. They are paired with the Santa Barbara Regional, but UC Santa Barbara got a got to host as a number one seed, and they are out as they are the first number one seed in any regional to lose. They lost to San Diego State four or four to three over on Friday. They lost to Virginia. No, they lost to USC, excuse me, on Saturday. So they are done. They are 0-2 and out. Virginia has the inside track on this regional right now. They beat USC on Friday. They beat San Diego State yesterday. Now they must lose twice in tonight's regional final game. And we are waiting to USC-San Diego State. I don't count USC out. They are a pretty good team. They got in there, but to ask to beat Virginia twice, um, today and tomorrow, it's going to be a really tough order for um, San Diego State or USC. But those winners are paired together in a possible Super Regional next weekend. We move down to the number eight seed in the tournament overall. That's Missouri State. They got a 14-1 win over Canisius on Friday, and they beat Iowa yesterday 5-3. to Iowa falls into the loser's bracket, plays Oregon in a rematch of Friday's game. They won 3-1. They will play this afternoon. And Missouri State now has the inside track to win their own regional, obviously making the regional final this evening. They now must lose twice to lose. Tall order for Iowa got its first uh, win in the in postseason play since 1971 on Friday. But now they're playing an Oregon team that wants the revenge, wants to beat them again. 
And then to go up against Missouri State, which is a very good pitching staff and have to beat them twice, I don't see Iowa advancing through this. I like Missouri State in their own regional right now on the inside track. They are paired with the Stillwater Regional. That is Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State won on Friday. So did Arkansas. Arkansas won on Saturday. Arkansas is the inside track to win this regional. Old Dave Van Horn, fans have not forgotten about him. We are live right now. It is no score in the top of the third between Oklahoma State and St. John's in a rematch from Friday's game. As well, Oral Roberts has been eliminated from this regional. Tough order for Oklahoma State. Like to see them advance. But to beat Arkansas twice, who did not pitch their eighth pitcher the first two games yet, has the inside track to win and probably win that regional in advance. So look for Missouri State and Arkansas to advance in the regional. Moving down on the left side of the bracket, the five-seed overall national seed is Miami. They're in the Coral Gables regional. They are in the regional final of their own. They are awaiting the winner of the Columbia FIU winner. That is one nothing in the top of the second for FIU right now. East Carolina has been eliminated from that regional. Like Miami didn't have a didn't have a very tough regional. I like to see them advance. They will advance uh, pretty very easily in that regional as well. They're paired with the Dallas Baptist regional. This game is going on right now. It's on ESPNU. I'm watching it live. Is Dallas Baptist one nothing over Texas in the top of the third? But. We'll see. Rained out yesterday. VCU and Oregon State play this evening. The winner of that makes the regional final game for tomorrow morning due to rain that was canceled out. And there will be an elimination game again tonight. So the winner of the Dallas Baptist-Texas game, that team advances to play another game tonight against the VCU-Oregon State loser and then we'll see who advances through. I like VCU. I like what I saw. Dark Horse to make it to Omaha. They have a very good starting pitcher. And they're one of the hottest teams in the country. They have won 13 games in a row. That is best in the, any team in the regionals right now. Moving down the line, Florida State. Florida State is, the, is not a national seed this year, thank goodness. But they are paired with the Florida Regional should they advance, Florida being the number four overall seed. In the Florida Regional, it looks to be Florida's got its hands pretty much in control of their own regional. They won on Friday. They won on Saturday. They're in the regional final for this afternoon at 4 p.m. They are awaiting the South Florida, Florida Atlantic winner. That is six to four on the top of the six. Florida Atlantic that would be possibly – uh, not necessarily a rematch, but this is a rematch game that was played on Friday, which South Florida won. But now Florida Atlantic getting the better of this in an elimination game. But the winner must beat Florida now twice, starting tonight and possibly tomorrow night if necessary. I don't like that, and I also don't like um, anyone beating Florida State in their own regional. Florida State got a scare from Mercer on Friday in extra innings. Squeaked it out five to four. Beach College of Charleston yesterday three to two. They're into the regional final. College of Charleston and Auburn are playing right now. That just got underway. The bottom first no score. Mercer has been eliminated, and that's a tough, really tough game because they played two really good games and lost by one run, one nothing, and five to four. 
I feel really bad for that team because they really, really played well. Um, they just didn't get a win, didn't get a chance to put Florida State in a bind. But I'd like to see Florida, it's probably going to be Florida State and Florida playing each other in a Super Regional next week. On the other side of the bracket in the LSU Regional, LSU is in the Regional Final. They are awaiting the UNCW winner in Tulane that will play this afternoon. That Regional Final will go on this evening. LSU, I think, um, is in to the Super Regional for sure. They're paired with the Houston Regional. That's getting quite interesting. Houston squeaked out over Houston Baptist. They play Louisiana Lafayette this afternoon in a makeup of some rain delay games from yesterday. Right now, Rice is beating Houston Baptist 3-1 to in the bottom of the ninth inning. If they advance on, they will make another elimination game that will be played tonight, and the regional final game will go on tomorrow if necessary. There will be two games tomorrow, but the regional final game will be played tomorrow in Houston. That winner likely will probably be Houston. I'd like to see Houston move through, play LSU next week, but I think LSU is a shoe lock to make the World Series right now. And their fans are awesome. Love having them as well. TCU is the number seven overall national seed, and they're in some trouble. They got beat in their own regional on Saturday, five to four by NC State. NC State has the has a dry is in the driver's seat in this regional. They are in the regional final for tonight. TCU will play Stony Brook, a team that made a College World Series not just about a couple of years ago. They play tonight, this afternoon, in the elimination game. So, TCU's got its work cut out in its own regional. Must win today, tonight, and tomorrow just to win the regional and to move on to the Super Regionals. Like NC State has got the inside track on that regional as well. They are paired with the College Station Regional. That is Texas A&M. And Texas A&M is in a little bit of trouble as well. They got beat in extra innings and 14 innings on a walk-off home run by Cal last night. Cal Bears, the three seed in this regional, is in the regional final for this evening. A&M is up 2 to nothing right now on Coastal Carolina at the top of the third. They must win and then win again tonight to force a decisive team game three tomorrow with Cal for the regional final. Then tomorrow it'll be tough for A&M to do that. I like Cal. Cal has played really, really well. And they have two really, really big pitchers, big, huge guys. I think they will advance through. And we're probably going to have a Cal and North Carolina State Super Regional. That will be a lot of fun to watch next week as the favorites are likely out. In the Champaign Regional, that is the number six overall national seed. That is Illinois. They did Quick work to Ohio on Friday. They won 10-3. to Their games were all rained out yesterday. They will play this afternoon against Notre Dame. That's a very good team. Beat up on Wright State pretty bad with some really interestingly nice power that was showcased to the world last week. They play Illinois this afternoon. They await. The loser will play the winner of Wright State in Ohio that's playing right now. It is 7-2 in the bottom of the eighth. Wright State is up on that game right now. The tough order, if Notre Dame wins, it puts a lot of pressure on Illinois to have to win tonight and then win tomorrow and win tomorrow night to win their own regional. We'll keep our eyes posted. I think Illinois 
should make quick work of Notre Dame. Their pitching has been by far the best, one of the best staffs in the country, and they have by far the one of the best closers in the country. And Taylor Jay is a legitimate top five overall draft pick in the Major League Baseball draft this next week, so it'll be really, really surprising if Illinois loses. I think they will win. They'll be in the regional final tomorrow, and they'll make quick work of the regional and move on to a super regional, but they have a tough order. They're paired with the Nashville regional, and that is Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is in the driver's seat. This is the defending national champions from last year. They won on Friday. They won on Saturday over Indiana. Indiana is in an elimination game in that regional and a rematch against Radford this afternoon. The winner then plays this evening against Vanderbilt and must now be Vanderbilt twice to advance. Tough order for Indiana. Love to see Indiana win, but they got they got worked pretty bad 8-4 to four, um, yesterday by Vanderbilt. The following regionals that are left, we are left with the number four overall national seed. That is Louisville. The Louisville Cardinals are into the regional final in there. They are waiting the winner of the Michigan-Bradley game that is going on right now. Michigan is up 4-1. to one. Would like the rematch against Louisville after they lost 4-3 to three yesterday, but now must beat Louisville twice to advance. Like Louisville's chances as well right there, and they're paired with the Cal State Fullerton Regional. Uh, Fullerton's making quick work of the regional right now. They won 9-3 to on Friday. They won 3-2 to over Arizona State, which I think is a very good team, a very dark horse team in this regional. They're in the regional final for this evening. They await the winner of Arizona State and Pepperdine as well. Clemson is eliminated in two games in this regional as well. But that winner then must beat Fullerton twice. So recapping, I think it's pretty clear at this point. It's going to be Maryland and Virginia for in the Super Regional next week, followed by Arkansas and Missouri State, Miami, and Oregon State. I'm going to call Oregon State in the Dallas Baptist Regional. I like that, although I wouldn't be surprised if VCU makes it. They are the dark horse team, I think, in the field. Florida, Florida State, Louisville, Fullerton, Vanderbilt, Illinois, North Carolina State, Cal, Houston, and LSU. Chocolate Dallas are probably our 16 teams, and we're probably talking about some super regional matchups and who is possibly punching tickets to the College World Series next week. It's been an exciting couple days of regional baseball. It's been fun. National seeds that are on the line of losing and not making it past the round of 64 in the regional. UCLA is in a lot of trouble in their regional. And TCU, the, the only topping national teams. We'll see what Illinois does later this afternoon. But for the most part, most of the topping national teams doing some quick business, getting out to 2 0, leads in their regionals. Going to win probably this evening and advance on to the college or to the super regionals next week. And the super regionals is the best two out of three series. Winner wins two games, advances on to Omaha. As we transition into some other topics, Nebraska got a really interesting running back commit on Friday. They picked up their sixth, seventh commit for the 2016 class, and we haven't really talked about but this class is becoming very interesting. There's two high-profile quarterbacks in it. 
We'll talk about those quarterbacks next week in a little bit more detail. But Alfonso Thomas is the newest Husker recruit. He's a running back, three-star kid from Van Texas High School, 5'11", 190 pounds. He's listed three-star according to 24-7 Sports. Um, Many people have him ranked lower than that. He's a two-star by rivals, and he really isn't ranked by ESPN or Scout. Um, I'm not really caught up in the numbers. His offers were um, Kansas and Colorado State. Reggie Davis, Nebraska's new running backs coach, likes this guy, likes this guy a lot, um, and will be in the mix. We've got a lot of running backs next year, and I think running back is one of those things, running back and quarterback, but one of those things that Mike Riley's system just loves to have. They predicate their system on having guys that can be really successful in those positions along with wide receiver, but the bottom line is their offense goes because they can run the ball. And if they can run the ball, they can do very, very, very well by running the ball, which sets up their throwing game that they want to do down the field. So um, big, pretty big size kid, not very tall, um, very fast, according to a lot of the highlights I've already watched from him. So um, very good, very good, very good commit. Uh, I'm going to tell you that this is probably going to be chalked in one of those under-the-radar type commits for Nebraska they're seemingly doing that. O'Brien's one of those kids who can really throw the ball, but he's not being recruited by a lot of highly profiled um, teams across the country. So really right there, just um, I think a really good uh, pickup for the Huskers. We'll see what they do. Um, disappointingly, Nebraska lost out in the uh, wider receiver sweepstakes for the Iowa Western commit, um, has decided that he will go – Taz Williams will go to TCU. It's hard for Nebraska to go after a kid that's been so highly recruited by everybody, but he could be something. I wouldn't count Nebraska out for getting him to to come to Lincoln some more, but winning is going to change everything, and seeing what the wide receivers do this season could sway Taj Williams to come take a look at Nebraska a little bit more closely. It's a loss. These guys are going to lose out on some guys as well. But don't necessarily close the door just yet. We'll kind of see what happens as the season um, rolls out. I think they can still continue to get aggressive with um, recruiting him and find a way to possibly keep him and keep him in the mix a little bit um, for the season. The thing is, Nebraska is going to start getting – looks at more higher-profile wide receivers. It's going to take some time. These guys are all about numbers and stats. Once they start seeing that Riley's system can work in Nebraska, they can start putting up a lot of yards, a lot of highlight reel, a lot of plays like that. It's going to start drawing in some of those guys. It's going to take some time. I thought Taj Williams just giving off his recruiting list of who was after him was a tough order for first year staff. I don't count these guys out yet, but we're gonna we're gonna win some battles down the road. We're gonna lose some initially, but I think further down the road we're gonna win some. And Nebraska's got some pretty decent depth right now at wide receiver anyway. It's not really the biggest key position of concern on offense heading into the next season as much as quarterback is right now. Spanning around the Big Ten has been a fairly interesting ordeal, especially in terms of what's going on 
at Ohio State. We know they're going to be the preseason number one team in the country. There's no question about that. They have three of probably the best quarterbacks in the country that every any team would rival have one of them, let alone all three. The question is, is which one of the three is going to start? Rumors surface as we talked about this at the end of the season about what would happen with Braxton Miller. He's a fifth-year senior quarterback who essentially got a medical redshirt last year because of the shoulder surgery that pretty much ruined his shoulder and he was out for the entire season. He probably would have played last year. I don't know how successful their team would have been with him at the helm last year anyway. This was a young team, just had the right quarterback who understood what he had to do, and then kind of went from there. But J.T. Barrett outplayed Braxton Miller in one season. Everything Miller did in one season, Barrett blew out of the water before he broke his ankle. Cardale Jones would have never even saw on the field last year had Barrett not got hurt. And they probably still would have won, still would have – won the call in the national championship anyway. I'm not saying that Cardell Jones is the reason why it was the X factor that put him over the top. That's it's a it's a proven commodity that shows how good Urban Meyer and his staff are at developing quarterbacks, at running their system, at maximizing their talent. And they do an extremely good job of that as well. And we saw that. It didn't matter who they put in, it just mattered who was there. And if you could get that guy to execute, he could do a lot of great things. But now it becomes a problem that I think Miller understands this. He's not going to transfer, which to me I think is very silly, and he's not going to switch positions, which I also think is fairly silly because I don't think he's a quarterback in the NFL next year. That's not a top 25 draft pick next season, even when he comes out. His teammate, Cardell Jones, is a better pro prospect than he is right now. I think if you don't start J.T. Barrett next season, if if they're all healthy, this is only if all three guys are evenly healthy, you're looking at the potential risk of somebody getting hurt or them losing a game to a team they're not supposed to. And as good as Miller was, the one thing with Miller that's always plagued him is his durability. He's never been durable enough to withstand the abuse that he takes as a quarterback running the ball for an entire season. Barrett was a little bit more shiftier than that. He didn't run as much because he could throw better than Miller can. And to me, Cardell Jones doesn't really matter because he's just a freight train. He'll run over and throw the ball over you. He's something you can't, you, you can coach, but you can't coach, you can't develop what he already has. And he's just a, he's just a freight train. Between the two guys, I think there's a lot of question marks with Miller coming back. I know he's a two-time Big Ten player of the year. He's the, he's by far been their best quarterback that's helped Urban Meyer transition what he wanted to do when he came in. But I tell you what, I'm really, really leery about him taking over the helm as – as a starting quarterback again. And this is a team that will be number one team in the country next year. And they need the most play, the best play out of their quarterback to really have a shot to repeat. 
and they and they can. There's no question. They're going to be one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to make the college football playoff next year, and they should be. I think if I was Miller, I don't know if I'll be a starter, especially if he's not healthy. I'd transfer while I could. Got to get on a team that would actually let me play next season. Because I'll tell you what, if he doesn't win the starting job, his draft status pretty much goes bye-bye. He won't get drafted, and I don't think he'll do anything in the in, in the NFL if he doesn't play this season. I still think Barrett's the better quarterback, and if I'm Miller, I either change positions or I transfer. But I understand why he's not doing that. And he's not doing that simply on the fact that if he doesn't win the starting job and he doesn't play much next season, he'll still ride the bench. They could possibly win another national championship, and he'll get a few more rings for his trophy collection before he departs as a quarterback at Ohio, as a, at Ohio State. Will be interesting to keep our eyes very closely peeled on as well. I think you should. I think he should go. There's definitely places that will that are a lot better out there for him in the situation that he's found himself in right now. I don't think it's just you in the start. I think that goes to Barrett. I think it'll be Barrett Miller and Cardell Jones with a one, two, three on the depth chart come this fall. We didn't even get to talk about Everett Golson leaving Notre Dame and now ending up at Florida State. Huge transfer. Changes their outcome a little bit, I think, for Florida State Seminoles next week. We'll dive some more into that. Super Regional Baseball will be well upon us at that point. We'll talk about who's into the College World Series. We'll have a special College World Series preview show before it all gets underway on Friday or Saturday of the following in a couple of weeks. You want us to be here. We'll talk to you more then. Until then, go ahead. Out.